The following program is intended for mature audiences. There's a big difference between playing your game and playtesting your game. I'm TC. Alright, so the original plan was to write an episode that included information on the next logical step in game design, playtesting. And then over the course of the next few weeks, explain each individual step in its brutal and specific entirety. But then I realized I'm in St. Louis for a week at the Greater Than Games HQ, scripting and filming a Kickstarter video for two of my upcoming games. I'm not thinking about playtesting. So instead, let's leave playtesting for the next time and talk about something closer to my brain. Good advice is don't design for Kickstarter. Better advice is don't design for Kickstarter, but be aware of the challenges and plan on solutions ahead of time. I'm TC Petty the Third, and this is Deep Design with TC Petty the Third. Designing for Kickstarter is stupid. Whether Kickstarter is used as a pre-order system with free advertising or required capital for a passionate and misguided new indie company, Kickstarter, or crowdfunding in general, is becoming an integral part of our hobby gaming marketplace, no matter whether you like it or not. And being prepared for the realities of a Kickstarter campaign or some other bullshit crowdfunding platform that is worse than Kickstarter is important for game designers. Get used to it. It's far past being a bubble. But let's be clear. Designing for crowdfunding is not designing games based on what would be successful on Kickstarter. It's not adding zombies to your game or retheming it as a fantasy battle adventure or making sure it has a vast array of miniatures and amazing painstakingly detailed art with pop culture references. Unless it's true to your zombie vampire dystopian tactical espionage worker placement civ building game. Designing for Kickstarter is being fully aware that most all signed games will require a crowdfunding run to become a reality. This is not always the case but it is always the case. Crowdfunding is no longer about funding a dream. It's about funding a reality in order to make an even better reality. Anyone who tells you that a game designer's work is done when they bubble wrap their beautiful, quote, final prototype and ship it to a publisher after signing a lucrative and reasonably worded game contract, that person is a total liar and probably an asshole. Or they are still living in a world that existed 20 years ago. Game design books are officially outdated. How can I design for a Kickstarter? Here I am once again filming a Kickstarter video, stuttering like the high school drama-trained semi-actor I am. You're going to have to make a video of something at some point. It might be 10 seconds. It might be 12 minutes. But crimp your hair, put on your best white belt, and prepare to flash those off-white incisors. You will be more than a creepy silhouette with voice modulation. You'll have to explain your game. You'll have to interact with human beings. You will become nervous and erratic. So... Let's talk about my subjective points for success based on personal experience and inspiration from other grassroots indie mentality types first. It's probably good advice. Develop your game in the open. The concept is simple. The benefits of having excited eyes following your game project from its conception to completion is more net positive than the meager possibility of someone stealing your game ideas. Start this process as early as possible. Blog or podcast or playtest at events like Unpub, whatever. Take opportunities to allow your hard work to be seen and talked about. Network. You might have a terrible personality. Don't make jokes. You might not have a podcasting voice. Let others speak for you. You might not be able to write, oh god, you might be really ugly. You might smell like a simmering pot of dicks. But you have an idea and the gumption to attempt to see it through to the bitter end, and that is admirable. Decide who you are and figure out if you have the ability to do this extra stuff. If you can recognize your flaws, avoid those types of interactions, and really emphasize the positive aspects of your game designs. Designing alone in a vacuum is a terrible way to get feedback. 
recognize the expandability of your game system. If you desperately can't add any more cards to one aspect of your game because, oh my god, it will ruin the delicate balance. No one understands my artistic vision. How could they have the gall to suggest changes? Well... Figure out what part could possibly be expanded or changed or write down some possible ideas. Publishers respond well to a designer that understands the need for extra promotional materials. Be willing to donate your time. This is the magic of indie fucking hobby board game design. Don't let people walk all over you, but also don't stonewall your publisher and offer no assistance when asked. You always have the option to do absolutely nothing, but this option is generally a recipe for lack of visibility during a campaign, poor publisher relationships, and being a dick. Okay, this is all great, but the reverse of everything I just said is also true. See, this was much more difficult to talk about than originally expected. Christopher Bedell here at Greater Than Games totally disagreed with my position. Design is a personal thing. It should be done in a vacuum where everything's possible. You should create simply for the joy of creating. There's no thought placed on commercial viability, practicality, or anything during the design process. That's all for development. Why can't you design privately? I mean, there are tons of examples of games that became popular without any promotion during the actual design process. Seriously, like half of Fantasy Flight Games' game library required playtesters to sign non-disclosure agreement forms before they could even start playing. From the vacuous cocoon of loneliness emerged a crummy pile of beloved Ameritrash. Who even knew Donald X existed before Dominion released? What did design vlogs ever do for him? When I contacted him for an interview a few months ago, he gave the impression that he doesn't even own a computer. And who would ever want an expansion for the perfection that is Puerto Rico? Case in point, one exists, but it blows. And Christopher makes a distinction between game design and game development that I very rarely make and am biased against because no one can clearly define the distinction. It's kind of like erotica and pornography. You know the difference between design and development when you see it. Development is concerned with end-user experience under a cost-effective environment, which is kind of design in a functional sense, but not really. But we both agree that designing games shouldn't be a practical consideration until late in the design process, when a decision has been made to force the horrible monstrosity you've created into the greasy hands and bloodshot eyes of board game players around the globe. How can I design for a Kickstarter? The real answer is, you shouldn't. But you can increase the chances of publication, crowdfunding success, and the chance of future endeavors being fruitful while still preserving your soul if you follow these basic guidelines during the design process. This entire segment is about being prepared for reality. Because you shouldn't be blindsided by the revelation that a publisher is going to crowdfund your baby. You should be prepared. It helps. Award-winning game designer T.C. Petty III once said, Good advice is don't design for Kickstarter. Better advice is don't design for Kickstarter, but be aware of the challenges and plan on solutions ahead of time. And I think that is more true now than it ever was. I also wrote these words while staring at a custom spinning plastic globe two feet in diameter. It's in the St. Louis warehouse with me. Someone literally designed a world domination game that is played with magnetic pieces on a grid of hundreds of metal circles glued onto this globe. A fully 3D sci-fi world with mega bases and different combat unit types. It's gorgeously impractical and awesome. This is what happens when design occurs in a vacuum. Gorgeous, unpublishable impracticalities. So let your dreams take you to design worlds that are magical, but realize that most dreams are personal, dumb, and need to be spayed or neutered eventually. Reality is boring, but it works, and the design world is a better place because of it. Keep designing with TC Bendy III is a TC Bendy III production. All opinions expressed by TC Bendy III are irrefutable and great. All rights reserved.